0: Hey everybody, what's up? It's Chase. Welcome to another episode of the show. My favorite day of the week when I record this and I, because I'm so excited to get this out into the world and today's episode, these are, the, these are the ones that I love we get something extra special from an extra special person, which I, I feel like we get that at most episodes aside from those micro shows where I just share my experiences. But this show is indeed one of the shows where I sit down with one of the world's top creators and entrepreneurs And unpack their brain with the goal of helping you live your dream in career and hobby and in life. And our guest today is the one and only inimitable Miss Sophia Amoruso. Now, you've probably recognized her as the serial entrepreneur that she is and the New York Times bestselling author. She's been featured on the cover of Forbes magazine, featured in Fortune 40 under 40, Forbes 30 under 30, Inc. 30 under 30, Fast Company's Most Creative People in Business, and named one of Forbes' richest self made women. Uh, In 2014, her New York Times bestseller Girl Boss chronicled her early life as well as her experience as a founder of a fashion company called Nasty Gal. That was adapted into a TV series that premiered on Netflix produced by Charlize Theron, which is crazy, right? That's amazing. Um, But Sophia really made her mark when she founded Nasty Gal, bootstrapped that company to 30 million in profitability, raising more than 60 million in venture, and then scaled that business to a north of 100 million in revenue uh twenty seventeen she founded girl boss uh, which is a community for ambitious women and then sold that to um gosh she sold it to um attention capital and she recently stepped away from girl boss to launch something new which is one of the reasons we had her back on the show to talk about um, her new online um, platform online learning course called business class which is basically an assembly of her experiences in business and what it takes for creators and entrepreneurs. If you don't have a platform and you don't have uh, the MBA that some people think is helpful, she breaks it all down. And it's a really cool. I got a sneak peek of it. uh had a good opportunity to speak with her over the course of her building this. And it was a fun conversation, fun journey to go on with her. And now it's out in the world and she's happy to share it with us today. So if that any of that is interesting to you, if you want to um, be independent, be a free uh, thinker, uh, be able to create business and art and uh, use your creativity, in the world of commerce, then what she has built is going to be really, really interesting to you. And I also think she's just she's she dances to the beat of her own drum, and uh, she zigs when everyone else is zagging. She's really been ahead of her time on all kinds of different fronts, uh, and she's just a wonderful human. I can't wait for you to hear the show. Before we do, just a super quick word from our sponsor, and then we're back with Sophia Amoruso. Hey oh, hey, uh, new sponsor alert. So this episode of Chase Jarvis Live is brought to you by Live, And you all know, yeah, of course, I am the founder of that company, but I gotta just be straight up. This is unequivocally, no questions asked, the best place in the world for creator and entrepreneurial education. I mean, frankly, nothing even comes close and it's the only one that's focused specifically on photography, design, video, art, music, craft, and maker. And the ability to make a living and a life in all those disciplines—it's where the best teachers in the world, that were Pulitzer Prize winners, New York Times bestsellers, the best of the best go to teach. So, of course, I'm biased, but I—I I just encourage you to check it out because nothing else comes close. And you will be on your way to join millions of other folks in our creative community there, learning from the world's top experts. Okay, that's it. That's my soapbox. That is the commercial, and we'll hope to see you over Creative Live. Now, let's get back to the show. Sophia Amoruso is in the house. Sophia, thank you for joining.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: Nice to hear your voice. I just hear two of them right now, so I don't know what's going on with the echo, but I trust it's the internet, and it will work itself out. I am super happy to welcome you, and I do want to say congratulations uh, on your new online course which you just self-published today called business class congratulations
1: thank you so much I'm so excited
0: it's crazy it's beautiful also I confess everybody out there on the internet I got a sneak peek and it is incredible Um, and we'll get to that but uh, first tell it where in the world are you right now you're in your at your home in LA where are you
1: I'm in sunny Los Angeles
0: nice not
1: not smoky It's sunny now, but yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm at home.
0: I don't leave. (laughs) I've got this background here we were just talking about before we got on live. It kind of looks like, sadly, like San Francisco or L.A. like last week. That uh, may be a poor choice on my part, um, but it's a painting I got from a friend of mine named Mac um, that I was excited to share, making my background. Um, Wow. Uh, So if I was to start somewhere in this conversation. I would wanna start back at the beginning of your, what I would call it, entrepreneurial journey. And as you know, the people who pay attention to me and Creative live they're creators and entrepreneurs. They identify as that and or creative uh, people. They want to live their life on their terms. And I think that often starts at a really young age. And I'm curious to hear from you where you got your start. What was some of the earliest entrepreneurial mindsets that you remember or experiences that you had and you know, was it just being an independent person or what paved the way for you to get where you are right now?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much unemployable and I think that's where it began and I didn't intend to start my first business as like a thing that would become a thing that would get really big. I had no idea what I was doing. I was 22 years old and you know, was using these tools that we all have at our disposal at the time it was eBay. PayPal and MySpace, and now there's, you know, Venmo, Shopify, Squarespace, Etsy, Facebook, Instagram, very different time, I'm not like that old, I was like 22, it was just like, I guess it was 15 years ago, but, um, you know, Bootstrapped, Nasty Gal, which was a vintage clothing store on eBay to $30 million in revenue profitably from, you know, the back of my 87 Volvo, just nice. flipping flip clothes, and... Uh, then raised about $60 million in venture capital and built it to over $100 million in revenue. Whatever, I guess that's not the beginning, but it was like I just put one foot in front of the other. I just, I did things that, I did, th- I did things that worked again, and I didn't do things that didn't work. So it seemed very logical to me like, don't spend more money than you have, sell things for more than you buy them for um i guess don't sit on inventory too long and then what doesn't work just stop doing it quickly and iterate quickly and i didn't consider this like i didn't consider an mvp or iteration or pivoting or any of these terms and i did eventually kind of pivot the business and started selling you know other people's brands and curating other people's brands and then eventually we had our own in-house line but it was just a lot of common sense you know and you know googling youtubing so much of what you want to learn is on the internet, you know, it's the, tr- the sources can be, uh, de- you know, debatably valid um, and who you're learning from. And that's kind of why I think it's important to listen to people like you build businesses and, you know, why I just started what we're going to talk about. Uh, but I did learn a lot just from, from Google and from putting one foot in front of the other. And um, it's fun, like, and I'm doing it now, like I'm built, you know, bootstrapping this business and there's nothing like uploading an image to your website or like optimizing something or, you know, writing copy and being really proud of it. Or it's just, it's so great to be like on the ground with my business again. And I kind of don't want that to change with this, with this one. Like I don't want investors. Um, yeah. So going back to the beginning.
0: No. We're, in the beginning, it was just you and your, would you say 87 Volvo? Yeah. <laughs> And, um, what was sweet about that, that you feel like you've returned to, because so many people just to qualify my question here, so many people, their vision of their business is to try and make it as big as possible and get 150 or 250 or a thousand employees and have hundreds of millions in revenue. And, you know, to be fair, these are journeys that both of us have taken. And yet here you are, uh, back, not quite out of your 87 Volvo, but you know, trying to replicate a thing that you had. And I want to know why, what was so good about that that made you want to come back? And what are you, are you running to something or from something or both?
1: I'm not running, I'm just here. You know, I've been running two things or just being kind of pushed along by my business and its growth, honestly. In my first business, it wasn't controllable. In my second business, I was, you know, I I had a chip on my shoulder. So I started Girl Boss after the book and the Netflix series. It was a company for three years that I sold at the end of last year. Um, and that was, it wasn't really about proving to anybody else that I could get up and whatever, be resilient. I have a mortgage. So yeah, I like made myself employed with my own business. Again, it's not some magical thing that I'm resilient. I just, have, you know, have three poodles that require haircuts <laughs> um, that are barking right now. But, um, with this, I, you know, with, with girl boss, I, I really wanted to like, it was an exercise, you know, both in building an incredible community and a great business, but also in proving to myself that I could get culture, right. That I could, you know, that there was so much you know, leadership and management, a lot of it was about culture and leadership management, you know, it's like, I'm sure I made mistakes, but for the most part, I built like a, I built like a really pretty happy place to work. Um, and that's not something I did at my first company. I know I never worked in an office before. I had no idea what culture even meant. And, um, with this, with business class, which we'll get into, um, I don't, I just want to share, you know, 15 years of, you know, hard won knowledge and, uh, You know, learnings that have cost a lot of money for me to learn and hopefully, you know, will save a lot of other people time and money by sharing them. So really, it's like I mean, this isn't like an altruistic endeavor like this is a business, but it's also, you know, I'm really just harvesting everything that I've learned and all of my experiences to give other people the kind of periphery that's taken me a really, really long time to get.
0: Well, I think it's fair to say that the folks who are tuned in from uh, Colombia, Portugal, London, New York, L.A., South Africa, Malaysia, uh, are curious to know the why behind your new thing. Clearly, you've had all kinds of adventures in business. Uh, You've gone the venture route. You talked about bootstrapping. and. Uh, what you've dropped today, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is a an online class. It's your first one that you've self-produced and put out there in the wor- world, and it's called Business Class. And I'm guessing that those people from all those company, countries that I listed from around the world um, want to know a little bit more specifically why. Like, why are you why are you doing this instead of any of the other things that you could be doing with your time?
1: Totally um it's awesome you have such an international audience because something like like half of my audience is international I don't know if it's because the book was in a bunch of different countries or the Netflix series and it's just it's awesome to make an impact on such a big scale like what you're doing um and the course is it's anybody can register for it anywhere in the world uh the why you know I think I actually did this exercise but uh you know entrepreneurs don't really have access to the kind of knowledge that uh, people who've actually built these businesses in like modern times or people whose stories are relatable who have bootstrapped and who have built really large businesses and learned the hard way what works and what doesn't that doesn't really exist there are business courses that are kind of lightweight that are like okay, like, let's give you, it's like, it's like a glorified YouTube video where someone's being interviewed off camera and, you know, they're talking about whatever they're prompted to talk about. But like, this is not just about listening. This is about doing. So I have a tattoo on my arm that says words tend to be inadequate. It's pretty regrettable. I missed a flight, um, in Miami. (laughs) I got off of, uh, uh, what's that thing called summit at sea? Oh yeah. I was on that
0: ship. Yeah. I
1: got off of it before it left port. I was like, I don't like this. I was supposed to speak and I am not like a diva, but I was just like this is I'm so <laughs> trapped. This is hell. So I so I ended up spending a week in Miami and got the stupid tattoo. But it's true, right? Words are important. I use a lot of words. I write books. There's 200 pages of worksheets in this course that I've written that are, you know, you fill them out, you um you're really working on your own business, but it's an action plan, right? So this isn't just like sit and learn. It's not academic. I'm not an academic. I didn't go to college. I'm technically not qualified. I mean, I don't know the, 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 what an expert is and what qualifications are, I think has really changed with technology and really been democratized in a way that creatives like you have started businesses and, and really done well. Um, I'm an accidental entrepreneur. We're unlikely entrepreneurs, and that's the majority of entrepreneurs today. These aren't people who, you know, worked at the right company or necessarily went to the right school. We hear those stories of the Stanford dropout, but they're few and far between. And they're building these unicorn businesses. And uh, that's not like that's that's not what it's about. You know, I was just I was just talking to Arlen Hamilton. Oh yeah, um, I love Arlen.
0: she's been on she's the show. Great. Good, friend.
1: Good friend. Yeah, and uh, and she used the term, the zebra movement. So there's the unicorns who build the billion dollar businesses. And there's the zebra movement that I, I, we didn't get into it, but I think it's about like the non like unicorn billion dollar business kind of founder. And after having been, again, I wasn't a, I wasn't a unicorn, but I built a business that was worth you know, valued at $350 million, know 80% of it and had hundreds of employees. It's like on the other side of it, it's just like, none of that matters. The lists don't matter. You know, I want to share with people what really matters and save them the time of like shooting for the glory that like is in my bio, that is validating and credibility. And it's great. It's a great story, but like none of that stuff matters. And honestly, building a massive business and raising venture capital, you know, I've done it. It's not, you're not in control of your life anymore. You're beholden to your business. You're beholden to stakeholders in employees, in investors, in customers, and you have so many people to please. And um, it's just not fun. It seems very glamorous, right? On the outside, because, you know, here I am on the cover of a book being like, yeah, but it was a shit show. I never want that again. Um, so I, I think just it's, you know, what I'm trying to do is kind of reframe in some ways, like what success means as an entrepreneur or a founder, and it doesn't have to be entrepreneur with an E or founder with a, you know, with, um, with a capital E or founder with a capital F. It's like, you can be a small business owner and a founder. You don't have to sit on panels, you know, it's like the millennial dream to sit on panels and, again, that's not what it's about. So this is for the person that like, I relate to for someone who probably has more of an education than me, because I'm a community college dropout. But for um, someone who's probably an accidental entrepreneur and isn't going to go online and take like a weird ass stale MBA program, or go to business school and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to learn theories. This is for someone that I want to go like, I want them to go put their MVP into the world right now. I want them to go test and iterate. I want them to do that cheaply. Um, and you don't even need to be part of like Y Combinator to do that. You don't need whatever it is, 150 grand or how much, I don't know. Um, so this is just, this is like, you know, in terms of why it's just like, it's here. It's not, this isn't opportunistic. This isn't like, Oh, I could make money. This is like I want to have the lifestyle that I want. I want a digital business. I don't want a big team. I want to work from home. I'm going to launch this. It's going to run for eight weeks. People will have life, you know, uh, lifetime access to this arsenal of knowledge, and then like I can go like not feed this monster for a few months, and I'll go launch it again. But this is also the kind of thing that fits into the like the introverted like stay at home. of person that i am so there's a lot of different reasons um but um i'm doing it with like probably more conviction than anything i've ever done and that feels really good
0: i think that the why is so important and often i don't know about your particular journey i i just know enough to be dangerous and have this conversation with you about your previous businesses but there's this there's often a disconnect that I find when I'm talking to my friends that have done similar things that you've done um, I've done and and others that we share in common of doing the th- like getting sucked into a vortex that you don't really know where you're going or why you're doing it, but it's sort of just like it's inertia or that's what's happening right now or it's it's um, what's trendy or and and I don't I don't necessarily fault those entrepreneurs myself but i'm curious to know the 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 stuff that made your previous two businesses hard for you what are those things and what have you done to specifically to eliminate them because i know you've made some choices like when you uh created girl boss as you said out of the netflix series in the book and then Gosh, it was probably like eighteen months in. You sold that. Like what are some things that you've done to sort of once you've got into these positions where you found yourself less happy um or this is not what you signed up for because you just either you know went along with, as you said, you you mentioned one comment just a second ago, like your businesses drove you rather than you drove your businesses. Um what are you know what's uh, what's different this time around, specifically in your in your in your brain?
1: Yeah. Um, I've had explosive growth, you know, with Nasty Gal. We went from, you know, 250k to 1.1 to 6 six and a half to 28 million dollars in a few years, profitably, right? Um, before investors came in, and, um, and and that's that's a great story. But when you start something without intention, like I said, oh, I'm an accidental entrepreneur. Very cool, great story. Um, things that don't have intention don't scale well. And that's something I talk a lot about in the course, um, whether it be a brand book or guidelines for like how we work together, how we treat each other, what behaviors are tolerated and aren't. It seems very um, unnecessary when you have like one employee or it's just you and you're hiring a contractor or a part-time person to, to document this kind of stuff. But objective guidelines for people to have that you can point them to and say, this is what we're doing. Rather than, I think we should do this, allows you to take anything personal out of those conversations as a leader. Um, if it's about something like culture, it's like, no, this is what we all signed up for. And if you're not living up to it, this is very matter of fact. Um, and that allows you to hold people accountable to, those, to, to what those ideals are as you scale your business. And then you can scale it beautifully because you had intention. Um, as far as like a brand book, for example, you know, I've always had really strong brands. Nasty gal is a great brand. It just kind of, if I just do this, it's not as simple for everybody to just get on board and write copy the way I write copy or take pictures or cast models or style or curate the way I do. Right. Um, and it became a nasty gal eventually without again, a brand book or like guidelines for what the brand is and, um, how to bring that to life, it became like a caddy culture of like haves and have nots of like cool culture, like cool kids. And again, without those objective guidelines, if you're a leader and people aren't governed by those, they're going to say in a room when you're not there, Oh, Sophia wouldn't like that. Sophia wouldn't do it like that. And it's just not about that. They'll weaponize, This is like, this is a lot. Um, but But this is what we're here for. Yeah. People will weaponize your brand against other people in the company. There's like, you know, the people who like came out of the magazine world. I mean, it was a fashion company. So, of course, there's people who are like, oh, I inherently know it's cool. And then in a room, they'll just tell someone who has an idea, but maybe didn't, you know, work at the coolest, you know, independent fashion magazine ever. You know, they'll look at this person and be like, that's not on brand. And then the whole that's not on brand thing becomes this thing that people throw around that makes other people feel really bad if they're you know, if they told that they don't get it. So I guess there's that. I mean, that's a big part of it. And with Girlboss, I tried to reinvent – I tried to invent a business model. So it was an experiential business. We had podcasts. We had a newsletter. It was a media business, but it wasn't a scaled media business, so we couldn't, like, run huge banner ads or – Um, do, you know, media plans and work with, you know, the media buyers, we were doing kind of integrated brand marketing with people and working with their, you know, PR teams or brand marketers or experiential people. And those are just much smaller budgets than if you're like, hey, we're Refinery29 and we can blast this ad about your lipstick to a bazillion people. Uh, So with Girlboss, I think, and we also built a social network, I tried to invent a model. And it was fine, right? Like we did fine. That's
0: what everybody wants, right? In terms
1: of the the business itself, like it was a great brand. We did a lot of really, really special things. As far as the business goes, you know, we never quite nailed the thing that would completely scale. And you know how I'm applying that to what I'm doing today is there are course creators. There's course software there are best practices for how you um, build your email list, how you market to people, how you retarget them, like how you sell this shit. And you don't have to build technology to do it, right? You just have to create really great content. And I'm not a purist about building my own things because every button is a reflection of like who I am. And, you know, every single thing is cu- customizable. Like it's a it, what it's about matters more than like, every single pixel, even though most of, you know, 95% of the pixels on, you know, my site and the site you log into to take the course are, you know, pixels I'm happy with. It's just not worth, it's not worth trying to do something that's already been done really well before. Just like, don't make it so hard on yourself. Like you can totally reinvent, you can invent something, maybe you'll be a unicorn, but it's really hard. It's really, really hard.
0: And it sounds like that's not actually... What you're after? I'm gonna put some words in your mouth, and you tell me if I'm, like, on or off. What it sounds like you're striving for is, is freedom. Is that is you know? I'm 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 trying to lock on to. If you had some core values that you have learned through your experiences building businesses that you were partners with another for with other people relative to what you're doing now is there a different set of values and if so what are those values i put the word freedom out there because i'm just trying to synthesize you know all of the different aspects you're like i don't want it to be like this i don't want it to be like that
1: mm-hmm. but
0: what 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 do you want is it freedom is it independence freedom is it-
1: flexibility autonomy uh yeah independence i say that um a lifestyle you know i didn't know what lifestyle was in my 20s I was like drinking every night out eating oysters and you know on business trips and going to you know speaking at Can Lions and just always on the go my house was a crash pad it's a pretty great house and now I'm at a point in my life where like I want it well one it's COVID but like I was eating dinner at home before COVID like I was going home after work before COVID but I still had the startup and I had investors and there were weeks where I was flying up to you know the South Bay or San Francisco and pitching people like every, you know, twice a week or whatever. And that's just exhausting. Like, I don't, I don't want to have to rely. I don't want to have to network to get done what I want to get done. All I care about is connecting with a community of people who care about what I do. I don't care about press. I don't care about accolades. um, I don't care about, you know, publishing revenue. I don't even, I don't care about being a fastest growing company I just want a lifestyle that I can control. So I think that is freedom. But I also want to do something that is really, you know, I have boundaries now where mm, if if what I sign up for requires a shitload of travel, I'm not going to do it. You know, say I do a TV show, not in the pl- plans, but I've thought about it. And there are non-scripted TV shows where I could go. To different people's businesses and fly all over the country to like diagnose them fix them or whatever let's just say that's not what I'm going to do but or I could have a studio or have a but like drive to a studio in Los Angeles record something in sprints and then like drive home every day you know and so even if I'm thinking about things that are even outside of my comfort zone like the way I do them I want to be aligned with the kind of like where I'll play to my strengths and I'm an introvert, right? I'm the cover of books and like whatever, but I'm like, I'm way better behind a computer. Like I spent years behind a computer at nasty gal before I employed anybody Eh, a year and a half. And like, that's where I, that's where I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable behind a computer. I'm a total troglodyte.
0: Well, if what you just said, and you're listening out there in any of those like 20 countries that I just shared if any of those things, the ability to work from home, independence, authenticity, freedom, if any of those things sound exciting to you like they do, I'm getting a lot of questions right now. I'm going to ask a few of those in a second. Um, I, again, have a sneak, got a sneak peek of uh, Sophia's new class called Business Class, and it is exceptional. It's beautiful. And as someone who has done many of the things that Sophia has, not all of them, I don't have a Netflix show, but... You know, having raised venture capital, built a business, had a board, all these other things like that, it's, it's not all it's cracked up to be. And the things that um, Sophia shares in business class are exactly the things that you cannot get just from an MBA or you're not going to find in the boardrooms and you're not going to hear from the venture capitalists um, because they don't necessarily want you to build the kind of business that you want to build. They want you to build the kind of business that they want to build. And that's, there's a, there's a function for venture capital, but I think what Sophia is sharing here is to me, this is the hardest stuff to come by. And very few entrepreneurs have put the raw sort of truth out there in one particular course. So I gotta, I gotta go to a couple of, uh, I guess the phones, the metaphorical phones, um, so this is a question from Instagram, the series project. Is there anything you regret about your past businesses and if you could reclaim them, would you?
1: Um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, I don't think about this a lot is certainly not giving people uh, employees, the kind of feedback they need to like develop them. And instead just like throwing in the towel, being like, this person's not right. They don't get it. And that's just like it's way it's way more efficient to grow people than it is to replace them, um, and people need that kind of guidance. I didn't know in my career that I needed to give people direction because I just don't require direction. It's just weird. I'm a freak, I guess. I'm just too um, angsty to to take anybody's advice, but people really need that to be successful. And I wish I had understood what, you know, how to like kindly hold people accountable, like how to do that. Uh, I hired executives who had had careers for longer than I'd been alive, right? I was in my 20s and I was like, you've been working in the corporate world for 25 years.
0: You must be great.
1: (laughs) Can you come in and diagnose my business and hold yourself accountable? You're a grown up, And that's just not how it works. Like everybody, right? We know with quantum physics that like, something that is observed behaves differently than something's like that's not observed or it s- snaps into place when it's observed, right? I don't know what, I forget. It's like uh, entanglement. I don't even know. It's not it's Schrodinger's cat. I don't know. Um, so I, it applies everywhere and, and people need it. And it's, it's actually a generous thing to give them. It, to me, it felt like, Oh God, that was so insulting that I would have to tell them what to do. But it's what people crave and they need to be successful. So, yeah, I would absolutely, if I had worked in an office, had a manager outside of, like, a shoe store before I started my first business, like, I might have had an example of what that looked like, but I didn't. And I, I, you know, there's something, like, very sexy, not sexy, but, like, oh, wow, like, 22, blah, but it's like, if I could have, if I could go back, I would have worked in an office environment and had, you know, experienced management, even if it wasn't great, just to know what that even looked like. I just, the only office I've ever worked in, my name was on the lease of. And
0: that just, you know. If you, you could know. take some of those businesses back now, would you? That was the second part of the two part like, question like from the still, series project. Like, still yeah, work if you there. Could, if you could revive them would you or is your new universe the one that you just talked about freedom authenticity connection um independence would you not go back because your previous businesses wouldn't wouldn't have all of that
1: yeah this is not like an alternative this i mean this is you can't change history um you know i i didn't anticipate not you know leaving girl boss you know a few months after i sold it 6 months after i sold it but covid happened Um, And the company really, you know, we did a lot of events, and that all kind of went to zero. Um, But as I think about, you know, this next stage in my life, it's the first time that I haven't really been beholden to to this beast that I, you know, started. And honestly, if this becomes a $100 million company, I don't, I'm not going to let that happen, because I don't want what comes along with it. I just don't.
0: I, There's not I, too many uh, kitchen counter hundred million dollar businesses, are there?
1: What do you? I mean, what do you even do with that? You know, I am like I want solar panels. <laughs> I just want solar panels. You know, like I don't I don't need shit. Like my clothes, whatever. Um, no, so no, I wouldn't. As much as I loved my time uh, at Nasty Gal and at Girl Boss and worked with such amazing people and did super fun stuff. I'm having fun. And this is just, this is part of my evolution. Even when things don't go right, there's always an opportunity for you to get up and be, you know, to reinvent. And like, I just kind of love that. I love it.
0: Awesome. There's another question coming from YouTube live that I think is really interesting and I'm going to, it's a little bit longer. And I'm going to paraphrase it. It's basically, do you believe, and it's from Moise Levy, do you believe that your business can be copied or is it unique because it's based on your personality.
1: You know, I thought Nasty Gal was unique based on my personality. And then all these people came around and sold cheaper dresses and hired the same cast, the same models and sold similar clothes. And like, I do think that that eroded our business because at the end of the day, someone would rather pay $40 for a dress than $70 for a dress. There's this a customer. Um, So I thought Nasty Gal would like, you know, compete on the brand that people knew the difference. And, you know, they'd show up and pay more because nasty gal was a feeling like it was a brand that meant a lot to people. And, you know, these other websites were like a commodity and just like selling stuff. Like nobody was emotional about, um, those brands or, um, or purchasing from them. Um, so I think I was like a little overconfident with nasty gal because the, those like cheapo retailers that showed up and the copycats, like, I know they, you know, I can't quantify it, but I know they affected our business with this one. I mean, it's like, I would, I think it's just a little naive to say that anything can't happen. Um, I imagine, and this is like, I I don't really make claims like this. Similar to Girlboss the book, there were no millennial women writing business books. And now there's an entire category of it. And Girlboss has been in every one of their proposals to every publisher saying like, this is the comp and this is like what we want to achieve, Right. And then I end up blurbing their books. I think this is going to be that. And I think there's going to be like a bunch of other, like, I, 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 and that's great based on other people's experiences. Um, so the, the category will get more crowded because people do want to learn, you know, independently. Now just, education's changed. Can't even go to college. Um, but I don't think they're very, nobody has my story, right? Nobody's fucked up at the scale I've fucked up. And nobody, you know, and plenty of people have, like, succeeded, whatever, done things way better than me. Um, but my my story is a unique one. My experience is a unique one. And what I share, other people, like, wouldn't share. Um, I just kind of, like, I, I told my therapist, like, there's nothing I would talk about with you in here that I wouldn't just, like, tell people. Like, it's, like, all, like, if it runs through my head, it runs through other people's head for sure, So what, and if you want to, it's just kind of like, it's way stickier to share what you actually feel than to like make a bunch of shit up, whatever, you know, I'm going to throw this in, but, and this is one thing that is unique about what you get with business class and, you know, whatever comes out of my mouth is that, you know, what I've noticed over the years is that when I talk at a conference, people are just so tickled that I'm genuine. And I'm just like, what are you, are you walking around just like reading a script? Like, what are you doing? What did you make up? Like, what are you hiding? How is this novel? That makes me really sad. And I don't want to be celebrated for that. But hey, if it helps people and it helps them tell their stories and normalizes whatever kind of weird shit that runs through my head and, you know, perverted kind of like business mistakes and not perverted, but just like, whatever just like whatever is how i'm going to articulate myself now on this in this interview
0: <laughs> that's your defining characteristic just, just just like, like whatever. whatever that's whatever. the answer to your question <laughs> well brilliant uh, no it's i think it's there is something very serious embedded in there this idea that you know go back to the question is like is your idea unique and most ideas are not unique but the personality behind them, the what you put into it, your and that is whether it's art or entrepreneurship. I think what what I'm hearing from you and what I've personally experienced is this what what when I think of you and your brand, whatever it is that you make, that's the reason that I'm interested in it because you you personally have a set of experiences that very few people, if any, have. And, I think that's what makes um the the thing interesting and valuable and the goal isn't to try and you know for those people who are going to take the business class the goal isn't to be the next sophia i'm guessing the goal and what i know from your course and from the welcome and idea audit especially up front in the course is that you're trying to help people be the best versions of themselves and bring the unique set of skills that they have and that's one of the you know as someone who's through Creative Live has built you know two thousand classes. And when I'm looking at uh, business class, you know your your recent launch today, in fact, for anyone who's just joining us late, is like that the, the thing that is that are your weirdest, quirkiest, most unique experiences, That's the thing, whether you're a creator or entrepreneur that you need to put the most of into your business. And when I see your work out there and when I see what you produced, to me, those are the defining characteristics. unmistakably, Sophia. Um, so, yeah, and to that end, um, I've got a couple of other questions, one in particular that is um, getting at me here, which is why now? I got, you know, we got Grady, we've got Dylan, Esmeralda, Bruce, Caleb, Marcelo.
1: I'm compelled. Uh, a, like, I'm compelled. Of, uh, like, this is like a vacation. Like, I'm having... Did I interrupt you?
0: No, no, but there's like, just a I'm lot having of people. Fun. And the common thread is why now? Like, why are you putting this out there? Is it specifically timed or are you just sitting in your home, at home, twiddling your thumbs? What can I do? This is something I can do I for my can't home.
1: afford to twiddle my thumbs. I have a fuck. I have a mortgage. Like, I'm subscribed to a life that, like, if I don't earn a living, like, I don't want to burn through cash. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, like you know, destitute, but I'm also not someone who just wants to like blow money. I don't understand. Like, I mean, maybe someday I'll take a sabbatical or whatever people do. (laughs) I don't know. I'm
0: I'm wondering about that at some point. I don't
1: know how people afford that. I don't relate to it. And I'm just having a blast. Like, this is like getting a massage. Every time I see a piece of like creative that is part of this brand. And every time you know, I finish a worksheet and look at like all the interesting ways that I never even realized that I reverse engineer things that I take people through, um, that they're able to do. Like I'm really inspired and I'm, I'm just, it's like, I think people think you're supposed to like take breaks and like go away, especially as like a public figure. Like, Oh my God, you're like Beetlejuice. This is like the third business. It's like, do I have to say it three times? Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Like, are you going to go away? And I'm just like, (laughs)
0: if you're 20 and you don't know what she means look it up Um, okay so why now the the answer then is because this is the time of life that you're in you feel like you've got another idea that you want to put out there in the world so is that fair to say or am I yeah just like it's like this
1: is channeled like this is just it's just there so it's like why would I sit on it
0: as someone who's been along for a couple uh, in in your friend circle for a couple of these businesses this mm. to me seems crazy focused and crazy aligned with who I understand you to be and again for those who are just joining us we got a couple of folks uh, Gotham City just tuned in we've got a, another Argentina if you're just joining I'm sitting with Sofia Amoroso and she today today like I don't know 7 hours ago launched her new online course called Business Class. Um, can you walk us through just a few specifics like for the folks right now who are like typing it into their browser? What is it you get? Why do you, you know, what's the, I'm sure you got a, ooh, that is so beautiful by the way. It's amazing, it's, it's incredible. This gets
1: shipped to your house no matter where in the world you are. This is wow. Blue Skies Ahead. And this is what you put your hundreds of worksheets in as you go through the course over eight weeks that I lead you through and do weekly zoom calls, but you also get lifetime access to a war chest of shit that I know or have experienced or watched other people do or not do, uh, and along with best practices and whatever. It's all on the landing page at take But, um, you, you get everything. There's, Bunch of bonuses too. So there's like eight le- like you know. Okay, so there's eight flights. Those are modules. Modules are called flights. Within the modules, there are lessons, multiple lessons. So if it's the you know finance and legal, it's like intellectual property, LLCs or corporations, um, finances. So that's like the kind of like kind of you know the the less fun visual one, but those are each called legs. So there's flights and there's legs. And I take you through everything from just like naming your strengths and discovering what your strengths are at the top of the course um, to doing a competitive analysis and just kind of figuring out there's a lot of reverse engineering. So just, you know, like literally, literally when I, I don't want to talk about it. I can't give it all away, but um, you know, scoping out your competition, plotting out where you sit on that map, um, doing a SWOT analysis, so, it, so there are some kind of um, MBA business school kind of exercises in there because I've done them and I think they're good and I was resistant at first to be like, what is this weird graph or, you know, and like some of this stuff is, is important. Problem solution, figuring out what problem you're solving for, how to solve it, how to talk to your customer to make sure that like you're actually solving a problem and, you know, relieving friction that they have in the world. Um, putting together your MVP or minimum viable product and throwing that into the world, putting out the ugliest, most basic thing you can as quickly as possible and getting feedback as quickly as possible, all the way to naming your business, like such a fun exercise in naming. Um, and even if you have a business name, it's like, you're going to name another product, you're going to name more things and I'm good at names and I love it um, to logos, you know, brand identity, colors, complementary fonts, building a website, uh, like, di- you know, paid marketing, earned, owned, uh, you know, running a Facebook ad to, uh, you know, what compliance means with employees, how to recruit, how to negotiate. There's a whole module on negotiation. So negotiating, it's a bonus amenity, bonus amenity. Um, negotiating on um, with vendors, with clients, so grinding vendors down, um, getting you know <laughs> clients to pay more and paying people fairly, but not overpaying them, and whether or not you should put out the, n- the number first or second. And there's also another bonus module on, there's one on getting press and pitching yourself to be on podcasts and things like this because not everyone can afford a publicist. There's an, also a module on Hiring for diversity and inclusion, which is taught by a woman named Victoria Tory Bell, who founded the Black Women at Facebook group, and eight essential legal documents that are worth like three grand,
0: I thought including. It was 10. I think it's ten. I don't. Maybe, I don't know how
1: eight. to. It's like I haven't <laughs> gotten the bill yet, um, so I don't want to like overvalue. You know, I'm. No,
0: but the, what you just listed? Is that's an insane and an insane amount of information and value. And I'm just gonna go, not, not blown spoke, but I'm gonna go right at it. The, my favorite thing about this is that it's not, when I read business books and I've read, you know, if it's been on the bestseller list, I would say I've read it over the past like five years. And what is not true about this course is that most of those books that are full of shit are, if you have a perfect life and a perfect idea, and you take these perfect steps and you're going to have this great little, you know, thing. And I just don't know anyone's life, anyone's entrepreneurial experience who looks or smells anything like that. And no. yours comes from tangible, like uh, you, you're you're you share when what you did has worked and what you did has not worked. And the fact that, you know, to me, that is my favorite thing about it. It's like Ben Horowitz's book, the hard thing about hard things. When you have chapters that are titled how to fire your friend, and how to tell your employees that you don't have any money. And you know those are the real things that entrepreneurs solve. And that's my favorite thing about what you've done with business class is it's so practical from someone who's actually lived it. So thank you. Thank you. And we, I'm getting a lot of thank yous from around the world if that's true. And there's a, two questions that we have to get in. Um, one is from Kyra James from Instagram Live and they're asking who is the ideal customer for this course, who should buy this course? Yeah.
1: So we call the ideal customer the perfect passenger on business class. <laughs> and my perfect passenger um, is someone who either has an existing business and you know may have be a creative or someone who didn't necessarily go to business school or did but is actually trying to implement what it is that they learned and maybe doesn't have exposure to someone who's done it. So someone with with a business who wants to professionalize and get it right in the beginning and make sure that you build something that will scale beautifully rather than, you know, kind of cheapen out and trying to, thinking that it takes too much time to do these things because it's gonna, it'll really bite you, uh, bite your, bite you in the long run. It'll really like catch up to you if you don't know or do these things, as well as uh, someone who has a solid idea and is serious about building a business and validating their idea, not necessarily dumping a ton of money into it, but someone who's not like noodling on like maybe, I don't know, because this is dense. It's like, it's serious, it's not fluffy. It's like, hopefully it's inspirational by the, you know, runoff that comes with creating your own like amazing brand and business but it's not, it's not like fluffy or formulaic. And, um, it's not, you know, something that, uh, it's, it's something for someone who's, who's serious and, but also loves puns and beauty.
0: (laughs) Uh, speaking of beauty, um, Jason Naylor on Facebook says, wow, wow. The design and packaging in your course is incredible. Uh, Dylan asks if this works for creatives like artists because he wants to pitch this to his wife. Um, I think I can answer that and saying, heck yeah, that is seems to me who it's targeted for. Um, and then I think there's another um, corollary to the, like, who's your ideal passenger in your world. Um, this question comes from D. Casey Photo. Um, asking your opinion on success for people in other parts of the world. Is this just a dream that's possible in America or can I learn something for my home territory?
1: The only things that don't apply internationally, I mean, we're talking about leadership, we're talking about finance. There are a few things like LLCs and corporations, employment law, um, and like intellectual property, like trademarks and protecting like the name of your business. Those things are different in the U.S. Um, this is this is for every country. So we ship this beautiful notebook to every single country in the world, um, and uh, and you know it's like your your audience is is international, mine is as well. And um, I think it's hard to let me say, it's the whole kind of trope that online courses kind of sell—that like anybody can do anything, just like me. I think is really, really a disservice to people. Um, say, more,
0: say more about that.
1: So everybody has a different experience and is starting from a different place in the whole, like, you know, if you put your mind to it, you can do it. I mean, I believe that absolutely. Right. Um, I believe that we can manifest things through like hard work and good intentions and, you know, educating ourselves. And, you know, hopefully this is part of that. But when I, you know, not everybody is starting from the place that I started, right? Like I wasn't destitute. I had a crappy old Volvo, but you know, I grew up solidly middle-class. I'm white. The first stuff I sold online was stolen and I got away with that. And that's a funny part of my book, but like I got away with that because I'm a white girl, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, there's rooms that I've walked into that I'm more accepted in or invited to those tables because I've, fit in better than someone who is marginalized right Um, so as far as other countries go right I don't know specifically where you are what your set of circumstances is the advice in business class is a you know pretty universal advice outside of like a few things that have to do with like legal Um, it's leadership, it's marketing. I mean, it's, it's, it's everything that, you know, works and we're, we're all building businesses on such a global level that unless you have, unless there's some kind of new retail format in a country that's physical or, you know, it's like, I, it's, so yes, I think it applies. It would apply to you.
0: Awesome. Uh, Ron also from Facebook asks, um, I didn't know that owning a business would end up being a psychological exercise in managing my personal, personal issues so I can operate successfully. Have you found that being a business owner requires the same of you to get through personal stuff, obstacles, overcoming fear, etc.? cetera?
1: Yeah. Um, I think I mean, that's
0: a pretty heartfelt and honest question like that. Yeah.
1: Doing know, I, anything is hard. Everything is hard. <laughs> whether it's personal or professional. And I feel even though I've been, I've been dragged through the mud, I've had really bad publicity, you know, I, I, you know, built a crappy culture at nasty. I just didn't know what I was doing. Like all of those things I've taken to heart and actually considered if they're true. So every hardship I've experienced or everything that's been said about me that is, you know, by someone who doesn't actually know what happened or doesn't know who I am or, just writing a sensational headline I consider it all and I've had an opportunity you know whether it's employee feedback right I consider it all and kind of like I don't take it all for you know at face value but there's an opportunity to learn from everything that happens in your business good and bad and actually success just makes you lazy right like when you're when you're on top of the world you don't see what's like below the tide it's like a bunch of weird crabs and like dead crabs and funky mud and trash sometimes, you know, canned, you know, canned beer, uh, decans. But, um, so, um, and, and I personally think that business is just a kind of vehicle for you to, if you, you know, if you listen, be a better person. Um, so I'm an only child and ooh, greasy. I'm an only child um, who didn't really learn to share, who didn't, I didn't finish college, so finishing things was like I was never, was without discipline. <laughs> and through business, I've kind of rounded out, I think, a lot of the things I would have probably gotten growing up had I had siblings or happy parents, or, you know, I've learned a lot about communication and boundaries and. Things that do apply to my personal life that I feel so lucky have been, you know, and to have been able to learn with something that is also inspiring to me and, you know, has for the most part made money. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, businesses can be like a very kind of spiritual journey if you listen, if you're listening for the lessons.
0: Yeah, I think there's a bit of that in the section in the course around management and leadership those are those are very different things. And of course, you go deep on the culture part, which is where you are. um, You've shared before that's like a a new leaf for you. What is it that you want to build and how can you be intentional about it? Um, What's hard right now? This is a new adventure for you. And I think people you've done a good job of sharing past challenges and overcoming whether it's venture capital or a lower price competitor or whatever. But what's hard now?
1: I mean, I think it's taking care of myself. I think I'm supposed to say, I mean, this whole lifestyle thing, like it comes after launching a business. You know, I can talk all about wellness and, you know, the last few weeks have been, you know, 16, 18-hour days. Like I went to bed at like 3.30 a.m. last night and Fast Company broke at 4 a.m. And, you know, I was up for a team group call and looking at sales coming through very early in the morning. So honestly, I think it's like eating (laughs) – like not ordering delivery
0: <laughs> actually cooking at your own house I food. just
1: miss cooking. Yeah, I'm kind of like burnt out on like pokey delivery and sweet green. Um, what else is hard? I'm I'm I mean, it's hard and really romantic, but if you go on the website at takebusinessclass.com, there's like a beautiful video. So all of the all of the course um, vid- lessons and then the video you see on the homepage um, were shot, directed, um, like, mic'd up, edited, including graphics and sound by my boyfriend, uh, Galen, who I've been with for four and a half years. And it's beautiful, but like, we're in our house, like, working together. And it's been really, really fun, but it's also like we haven't stopped to just be together. Uh, in a little while so I think that's challenging I think it's you know it can take a toll on your relation. we're fine but um, I just kind of like miss not doing anything with him you know
0: thanks for sharing that part of it and also folks around the world like uh, Ron and Sergi and Kelly and Tomas are thankful to get led into like get let into your inner circle here. So speaking of that, where where what's next? Like if I know that there maybe you can reshare with us there's a limited opening for your course. It opens today and you have to get in by a certain time and so explain a little bit about how it works. So if yeah. anyone who's listening does want to check it out and again, I, I just I need to go on record as someone who's seen it and made a lot of this stuff myself for ten years, and I, I basically I feel like I've seen everything under the sun. This is super well done, and it's very very valuable information that you can really only learn from someone who has had the type of experience that Sophia has had. So my personal endorsement right there but Thank walk you. people through what the, what their experience would be and how long they've got. Cause it's, you know, as you yeah. mentioned before we got live, there's a, you know, this is, it's not for everyone and, you know, and it's limited in space and, and time. So, um, give people the instructions.
1: Yeah. yeah so because business class is a, a course for entrepreneurs who, um, with which I like I do weekly group calls and I answer everybody's questions, both about the course content. Um, and I'm in, we have a, like a private online community. It's an app for iOS. And, um, I just like, I can't believe how much we pulled off in three months, but it's a iOS and, and Android app called the lounge. So I'm in there as well. And because of that, it's a, it's, it has to be over a finite period where I'm taking kind of like a, You know, a class of students through business class, and it's just not like, here's a thing, you know. So we have to close the doors um, and take off (laughs) um, Uh by by, by a certain date. Um, And so doors close October 9th. So you cannot purchase business class for an indefinite period because hopefully I can sleep for several months after this. Um, this is the only time you can really buy it until I just feel like doing it again. <laughs> like there's no 2020, 2021 plan. I'll, I'll write a book or something to a podcast, but, um, so it's open for the next three weeks. Um, it's 1999 us dollars and we have a payment plan for us customers. That's $99 a month, which is pretty awesome. Um, what else? Yeah. So because I'm in there every week with you, I can't do that every all year round. Um, so I wanted to make something that was like super surgical, uh, where I could, you know, where I could really contribute and give people my time.
0: Awesome, awesome. Now, a couple of a little speed round here because we're up against time, and uh, I know since it's March Day, you've got sales numbers to look at. I know you've got some other press that you're doing. So first of all, I want to say thanks uh, for them. From the Creative Live community worldwide. And there's a lot of gratitude in the comments. Um, but speed round. So, if this is your next endeavor, will you be doing anything else or is this your full time focus?
1: I mean, I can kind of do whatever I want. When you have investors and you try to do something else, they're like, what are you doing? You should be focused on making me more money. But I don't have investors, so I can kind of do whatever I want. And I want to do whatever I'm inspired by. It has to make some money. But if, you know, if five people take this and are elated by, you know, and their lives have changed and much happier than 2000 people taking it and like feeling kind of, you know, a blase about it. Um, because I can like go do a podcast, I can, and I don't say podcast, like it would just be a podcast, but like, there's plenty more for me to do. And I'll probably do it on top of this because I like to pile things on myself, but I'm going to phase them out much better than I have in the past. Um, so there'll be about another book. There'll be another podcast. Um, beyond that, I don't know, maybe I'll make some more cool merch or something, but there's no, this is like, I'm just like, I'm doing this right now and then beyond that like I get to be creative
0: it seems like it seems like you want to have there's a some a little bit more levity and a little bit more playfulness in what I'm seeing and hearing from you than some of your other adventures is there what why
1: Mm um bootstrapping is just fun you know it's like I've invested my own money in this you know so I'm not starting from nothing but a lot's on the line and you know every time I write a piece of I wrote all the copy for that like really really long landing page you know like there's no phoning it in here and when someone loves it like I for the most part am like you know outside of you know the, the video or um, some of the designs, like, oh wow, like the content I created, I feel connected to um, what it is that I'm doing in ways that are harder to when you have teams executing on your behalf. And I'm just like, I like being in the weeds and, you know, I'll, like tweaking. I'm just like a tweaker. And when I tweak something and it makes something better and someone responds to it and their life is better or they purchase it or convert or whatever respond to it or inspired by it like that's just so gratifying so I like being on the ground I like being in the weeds and I can only do that because I don't have a big team you're you're kind of a dummy if you're in the weeds and you have a team can't do that but for for me general management I'm like not good at it so I'm I'm doing what I'm good at I love it
0: well, it's insanely inspiring, and I think this concept of individuality, freedom, doing what you're good at, being passionate, staying close to the product, if any of these things sound like uh, something that you're passionate about, I personally recommend to check out Sophia's new course at TakeBusinessClass.com, um, and I just want to say thanks for putting you into your work. It's fun to see. and. Um, for sharing the story of like what can happen when you do get all those things, and and as someone who has investors, like that's it's just a diff- different business model, and I respect and appreciate that. But for so many people out there, that's just that's like a more of a a one size fits all or one size fits most. And what I've seen from you and what I know this audience cares about is is all of this the individuality, the opportunity to build and connect something that connect with something that they care about. So long winded. Thank you. Thank you. And a huge congratulations uh, for launching you. it. Um, I wish you all the success that you deserve. And I can't wait to hear about all the nitty gritty on the back Thank end. You. I'm oh. you. I'm
1: gonna bug you.
0: I'm gonna take your brain. <laughs> hey, that was an awesome episode. But before you bounce, just, I got three quick thoughts. First, thank you for being in this community. It gives me so much juice. I can't even tell you so much juice that when I hit publish and this show goes out into the ether, that there's an amazing community of like-minded people just like you consuming and sharing the show, so thank you. Second, it would be huge, it would mean the world to me if you left a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Now, we're regularly featured at the top slot there on Apple's podcast page and others in Spotify, et cetera, and that's because of your reviews. So if you've ever wanted to uh, lend a hand or you got some value from me in the past and you wanna pay it forward, that would be amazing. And then lastly, it would also mean the world to me if you shared the content that you get here, whether it's a screenshot or a photo of where you're listening, anything via Instagram stories um, or any other social feeds, tagging me and the guest. Now, I repost this content and your comments all the time, so I would love to share your shoutouts in my feed too. Um, not only do these shoutouts uh, are, are they good for you and me, but they also help us book amazing guests because they see the reach that you cultivate. This is a way for you to help contribute to the show. So again, I want to say thanks. I'm just at Chase Jarvis. You can use at creative live as well. And the guests are easy to track down because they are, well, they're usually quite well known people. Um, but again, thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to being in your ears again, hopefully tomorrow.